The homilies or sermons contained in these podcasts were delivered by Deacon Joe Dietz, a permanent deacon serving at St. Edward Catholic Church in Ashland, Ohio, a parish of the Diocese of Cleveland. Each homily is preceded by a reading of the Gospel of the Day. All these homilies are the same in content as those preached. They have been recreated to improve the sound quality of the podcast. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Mark. As Jesus was setting out on a journey, a man ran up, knelt down before him, and asked him, Good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus answered him, Why do you call me good? No one is good but God alone. You know the commandments, you shall not kill, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not steal, you shall not bear false witness, you shall not defraud, honor your father and your mother. He replied and said to him, Teacher, all of these I have observed from my youth. Jesus looked at him, loved him, and said to him, You are lacking in one thing. Go, sell what you have, and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come, follow me. At that statement his face fell, and he went away sad, for he had many possessions. Jesus looked around and said to his disciples, How hard it is for those who have wealth to enter the kingdom of God. The disciples were amazed at his words, so Jesus again said to them in reply, Children, how hard it is to enter the kingdom of God. It is easier for a camel to pass through the eye of a needle than for one who is rich to enter the kingdom of God. They were exceedingly astonished and said among themselves, Then who can be saved? Jesus looked at them and said, For human beings it is impossible, but not for God. All things are possible for God. The Gospel of the Lord I drive past a BMW dealer on my way to church every morning. I have to admit, some days they look pretty good. The other day they had this white convertible out front that I thought for sure had my name on the license plate. It was easy to see myself buying one. Well, except for that $50,000 price tag. But of course, maybe that's not too much when you think about all it would buy. Not just a car and transportation. I mean, I have that in my 2006 Camry. But that BMW convertible would bring me youth, a feeling of excitement comfort any wounds to my ego brought about by old age and retirement. It might, even for a short time, as I cruised behind the wheel, give me a sense, a feeling of immortality. Well, if you want to stop over by the rectory after Mass and look in the driveway, you will see my 2006 Camry. But it's probably not worth the walk over there to see it. Now, I know what some of you were thinking as I was describing that BMW. You were thinking, oh, Deacon Joe's having a midlife crisis. But the truth is, instead of that, the better course of action, whether you are in midlife or early life or late life, is not buying a BMW or other toy or plaything. Why not do something that will really make you happy? Renew your life in Christ. Seek out a better improved attitude toward prayer, toward God, faith. Go on a retreat. Make a real commitment to Jesus. A midlife crisis is really no big deal. What we really want to avoid 
is an afterlife crisis. And it's a good thing, too, because no matter how good a fancy new car might make you feel for the moment, it can't make you immortal. Because, well, we are already immortal. We are going to live forever. The only question is, where? Steve Jobs, the founder of Apple, died in 2011 at the age of 56. During his life, he had a hand in the creation of many products such as iPad, iMac, iPhones, and more. He was, by all accounts, quite a bright fellow. At the time of his death, he was worth roughly 10 billion, that's billion with a B, dollars. That is around 200,000 BMWs. He was aware that he was dying, and before he did, he wrote what was referred to as his last essay. I'd like to share a portion of it with you. He wrote, and I quote, I reached the pinnacle of success in the business world. In some others' eyes, my life is the epitome of success. However, aside from my work, I have little joy. In the end, my wealth is only a fact of life that I am accustomed to. At this moment, lying on my bed and recalling my life, I realize that all the recognition and wealth that I took so much pride in have paled and become meaningless in the face of my death. You can employ someone to drive a car for you, make money for you, but you cannot have someone bear your sickness for you. Material things lost can be found or replaced, but there is one thing that can never be found when it's lost. Life. Whichever stage in life you are in right now, with time, you will face the day when the curtain comes down. Treasure love for your family, love for your spouse, love for your friends. Treat yourself well and cherish others. As we grow older and hopefully wiser, we realize that a $300 or a $30 watch both tell the same time. You will realize that your true inner happiness does not come from the material things of this world. Whether you fly first class or economy, if the plane goes down, you go down with it. It would seem that Steve Jobs discovered near the end of his life the secret that was eluding the rich man in the gospel, that money can't buy happiness or eternal life. Unfortunately, at the time of this writing, it does not appear that Jobs had a belief in eternal life, for this essay does not speak of expectation or hope, but of finality. Hopefully, in the time that he had left, he found that hope in our Lord and Savior. The first reading from the Book of Wisdom states, Riches are nothing in comparison to wisdom, which makes sense, because true wisdom comes from God and reveals God. It's a funny thing about the so-called wisdom of the world, though. In many ways, it does the opposite. For many in the world see insight and intelligence, introspection and meditation as independent of God, rather than being created by God as a means to pursue one's faith, to seek and find God. There are many very intelligent people who lack godly wisdom, only to get caught up in their ability to create and invent big and better things in the area of technology, and in the area of medicine, where some of the advances are so dramatic they appear to have conquered life and death, and either intentionally or unintentionally, they allow this progress to create a feeling of independence from God rather than a spirit of thanksgiving, creating distance rather than closeness. This brings me to the key point I want to make from today's gospel, which is not that it's tough for the rich to get into heaven, 
but that God is the necessary component in doing what we find challenging or downright impossible. The rich man's failure was not in wanting to hang on to his possessions. I think many of us would feel the same way. No, his failure was in going away once Jesus asked him to give them up. This man who ran up to Jesus had carefully observed the commandments since his youth. He was, likely, given his many possessions, a successful person of wealth and means. It is also likely, as he approached with his question, he felt quite able to do whatever God asked him, on his own and without help. But he missed the critical point that so many of us miss, which was that Jesus wasn't asking the man, nor does he ask us, to do things on our own, but to enter into a relationship in which we are dependent on him to enable us to do what he asks. He created us. He knows our every weakness and every flaw. He knows all too well our inability to live the life he calls us to live on our own. That is why God sent his son to close the gap, to get up close and personal, to walk a mile in our sandals, to give us his very body and blood, to suffer as we suffer, and to face death as we will face death. Not because he wants us to obey some stringent set of rules, but because he wants us to live life united with him, Father, Son, and Spirit. Jesus didn't tell the man to sell what he had and give it to the poor for the sake of the poor, but for the sake of the man. Because in doing so, the man would be removing the last barrier between himself and Jesus. But it wasn't the man's disappointment. It wasn't his interior struggle to do what Jesus asked that was the deal breaker. It was his response to that struggle, the walking away. Remember the story about the father of the boy possessed by the mute spirit in Mark chapter 9. He said to Jesus, If you can do anything, have compassion and help us. To which Jesus replied, If you can. Everything is possible to one who has faith. Then the boy's father cried out, I do believe. Help my unbelief. That was the response that would have changed the rich man's life. Oh Lord, I would like to do what you ask, but I have many possessions. I have a BMW convertible I'm quite attached to. It will not be easy for me to do without them. Help me. Teach me. Show me the way. Give me the grace to give them up. If we are struggling with the demands of a Christian life, whether they be the commandments, our attachment to material things, an unwillingness to forgive someone, or whatever it may be, the message in today's gospel isn't just do it. The message is, no matter how great your challenge, no matter how apparently insurmountable your struggle, nothing is impossible for God. And we don't have to run to find him. He is right here, right now, inviting us, knocking on the door of our hearts, saying, come into my loving embrace. Let me hold you and love you. And together, 
we will overcome whatever stands between us. Send questions or comments regarding this podcast to Deacon Joe 2017 at gmail.com.